So why am I talking about Shia LaBeouf today? Well, homeboy was recently in his 20s. He's currently 33. So at, at the time of the story that I'm about to tell, he had just finished his 20s because it was about three years ago. And boy, did he seem fucking confused, you know, <laughs> as much as we are, you know, I'll try to make heads or tails of this gosh darn thing called life. <laughs> I should call this uh, our hella confusing 20s and 30s, huh? Hmm? Maybe even get some 40s in there, some 50s, 60s. I'm just going to call the podcast Life is Hella Confusing. And <laughs> just like... <laughs> expand my demographic um if i'm still doing this podcast when i'm 50 i'll uh, i'll go ahead and rename it yeah <laughs> um but i i do think that the things that shia was and is going through are really beneficial to think about i think reflecting on these issues is going to make you a better more purposeful you know grounded empathetic person wow bold claims jeremy i know and uh soon you'll see oh i'm so bold and I, I also just feel like also to see somebody with the fame and the money that he has go through these struggles makes it a bit easier to accept the inevitability of them in our own lives and through that to find greater peace with those struggles. And so uh, let's get into it, baby. What's up? What's up? It's Jeremy, a.k.a. Not Funny Funny Guy. Back at it again with another episode of our hella confusing 20s. That's right. The podcast where we're like, wow, fuck, I'm so lost. I don't know where my life is going. And then over time, we're kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm kind of figuring out some stuff. I think maybe uh, a direction in my life is solidifying. And we're on that journey together. We're on that journey together. And also, I looked on my iTunes and I saw that somebody gave me a five-star rating. So, hey, thanks for that. Thank you for that. And I, uh, I'll i be honest, I left myself a little review, although I'm very transparent if you read the review in that it's me giving it. So, you know, just that I get the ball rolling on a positive note. <laughs> and I'm, I am I finally signed into uh, the, the Adobe suite. And so I'm, I'm presently using Adobe Audition to record this podcast, Adobe sponsor me. Um, I've graduated from Audacity. Look at us, you know, we're growing in so many ways. And one of the ways you're growing with me, I'm now using Adobe Audition instead of Audacity. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? That we've made it this far together because you're in my fucking corner like I'm a boxer going the distance. And I, I keep on sitting down after, you know, I've been I've been knocked around a little too much in the ring. And you're squirting that water in my mouth with that water bottle. You're putting that fucking, that fucking KY jelly on my fucking eye bags and shit, whatever they do. And so you're my Freddie Roach right now. You're the Freddie Roach to my Manny Pacquiao, and I thank you for being here. Woo. Woo woo. <laughs> man, a lot of cool stuff, man. A lot of cool stuff going on. I um Post Malone's album just dropped. I've listened to it several times. It grows on me more and more. You know, lots of cool sounds on there, lots of fun choruses, big hooks. Um, you know, little tongue in cheek lyrics. Ah, what a likable guy. I, I just finished reading Shoe Dog, the memoir by um Phil Knight. 
you know, the the creator of Nike. And that that was a a great read. Shoe Dog, how it was so motivating, like just to see the story of, you know, where Nike has come from and, you know, what they are now. Oh, man, it's absolutely insane. It was absolutely I highly recommend that read. I'm right on the cusp of uh, about to leave my phone center job that I fucking hate. And, um, you know, the, the, the next job that I'm, I'm, I'm possibly going to get, I got the interview next week. Uh, looking, it's looking much better. It's looking like something that I'll really be able to enjoy myself more in. And that's great. You know, that's great. So much progress. It's fucking springtime in Sydney also. The weather was immediately awesome. The weather was so nice, and then it was, it's was it been breezy. It's fucking suddenly windy as shit outside, though. It's so windy. It's so rainy. Where the fuck did that come from? It was, like, so warm earlier. And the weather's like, psych, switching up on you, switching up on you. But, you know, I uh, I like it. I don't know. There, there's something about a severe wind that just makes you feel, like, uh, alive, you know? I think that's a good word to, to, to say. It makes you feel fucking alive, man. It's me smoking a cigarette. That's not that's not the fucking first thing I should go to for feeling alive. Don't. <laughs> it's kind of productive, really. It's kind of productive. Um, but you know what I what I really wanted to talk about this episode actually is a young fellow by the name of Shia LaBeouf. And uh, this this night that I met him and I kind of spoke with him, and I don't know, it's just like it, it's a, I think it's a cool story. I think it's it's something I've thought about, you know. And uh, and up until now, it's just been for me. And I thought, ah, oh, how selfish of you, Jeremy, to not share this with the world, these experiences, this insight. And so this is my uh, my my attempt at sharing it with the world and i don't know maybe i'll maybe it'll be more like i don't know maybe i'll turn it into like a youtube video or maybe i'll like write like an article oh I, I, i've just read so many magazines growing up and like the portraits they do of celebrities and famous people and the way you know they'll have quotes every now and then but it's really more just the kind of writer you know you you see the the figure through the writer's eye and I figured that's, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to do with the podcast. And I remember when I was um, when I was super duper young, one of my one of my cousins, I think he told me that Shia LaBeouf's name meant shit the beef out. And I believed it for a, a super duper long time. I was like, <laughs> what a silly um, my fucking I got an email. What is it? I fucking hate getting. Yeah, it's fucking stupid shit anyway. Great work perks to get fucking discounted whatever um i was like <laughs> what a silly name you know um to 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 shit the beef out that's uh i can't believe i believe that though i can't believe i believe i was so stupid you know I was so stupid but what it actually means is um so shaya is is hebrew for praise god and lebuff is in fact it is french for beef so the the translation actually comes to Praise God for beef. Yeah, so. <laughs> My first name is actually, um, comes from Hebrew too. It means God will uplift. Oh, so many gods in these Hebrew origin names, you know. Something that I love that he said 
was, you know, just in terms of all this God talk, he was saying, like, I, I pray every night, even though I know God's not real. Like, I just, it just makes me feel better. I just feel better after having prayed. <laughs> and hey, I'm not saying I agree in terms of like, oh, God's not real. I mean, I definitely do think that, you know, I don't believe that any religion like really knows, you know, the one true God or can truly explain God. I do believe that is kind of out of the realm of our comprehension. It was just so, uh, I don't know. I just love how candid it was or it was just like, you know, like it, I'll be real. Like, you know, even though I, I feel a certain way, I believe certain things, praying makes me feel better. I feel like the most useful bit in that is just like, do what works for you. You know, it just goes back to that where it's like, it's all about feelings, man. How can we feel better? Like life is such a head game. And if we can architect it in a way where we can feel good about moving forward, then it's lit. It's lit. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, we just, uh, that head game, baby. And so I feel like it's like uh, that ability to be able to let go. You know, just just let your stuff go into the, into, just give it up to something, baby. Whether it's yourself, whether it's fate, whether it's God, whether it's, you know, orcas. I don't know why I said that. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, damn right, Shia. But I really did. I mean, I grew up watching Shia LaBeouf, you know, like, like on Even Stevens. I've seen the Transformer movies with him. You know, I saw when he was in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. But, you know, even having seen him so much, it really was lawless. When I saw lawless, I was like, whoa, like... No, this guy can fucking act like it was so raw. It was so vulnerable. It was so emotional. And he was just, you know, being a fucking brother, brother of uh, of Tom Hardy. And it was cool just watching them together. You know, I, I did enjoy, you know, those, those performances, you know, and I, I feel like Shia LaBeouf has had this reputation as being such a weird guy. But I don't know. I think the stuff he does is, is amazing. You know, like it, it's just so... He's like just carving his own lane. Like I still want to see that tennis movie where he played, who did he play, John McEnroe or was he Borg? And there's the other movie, American Honey. And he did that art stuff with Von Trier. I remember too when there was like headlines because he was dating some like Asian hairstylist at the time. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll do whatever for the Von Trier movies. I think it's art like to work with a genius auteur like that. I'll have real sex in a movie. And apparently, like, the girlfriend was like, mm, I'm actually not okay with that. And I don't know if he was serious or not. I assume he was. But I just feel like, you know, what a, what a wacky guy. But I, but I do feel like he, he is in search of something, in search of, like, you know, truth and reality. Or, or, or I guess that's so sub subjective, you know, but whatever that means to him. And I think just the fact that he is pursuing that stuff. Like, to me, that's really cool. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, okay. All right, Shia. <laughs> you know, I don't know, because I, I just, like, I think with me, with, with a lot of figures, you know, I've just always thought that, like, that there's something about rebellion. There's something about going against the grain, uh, you know, especially when it is in, you know, a, a really purposeful way that I, I, th I think is really cool. Because I think, you know, it, it can seem like that's more worthwhile than, you know, doing what you're supposed to do because it's what you're supposed to do because they told you to do it. And I know there's a lot of, you know, celebrities throughout uh, throughout time where they've just, you know, they feel like it, it, 
this idea of them to the public is so contrived and it's so fake and it's so forced and the, these people are like literally making up things that's like what 98% untruths and rumors and you know so sometimes in you know what can be interpreted as misguided efforts to you know reclaim uh their identity i guess they're oh shoot my freaking they can kind of do things that i i think can you know be be taken in, in in not the best way and i'm not here to defend that i i i just do think that i don't know i'm very interested in just seeing the, those things unfurl publicly you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying it's so funny because like Shia LaBeouf actually like he was supposed to go to to Cal Arts, like I remember I even read uh I, I saw like a rumor and like some fucking random tabloid it was like Shia gets schooled. That's the fucking <laughs> how fucking silly are tabloids? You know what I mean? Like fucking every celebrity has been divorced eight million times in the tabloids, but um yeah like he was supposed to go to Cal Arts. There were all these rumors. And then he ended up, you know, not going into, you know, into CalArts the year that I did. And then it was a thing that, oh, maybe he's going to come in with the, you know, the, the kids right under us the, the next year. And, um, but it never happened, you know, it, it never materialized. But just because, you know, there, there were those rumors that he was supposed to come when it was announced that him and like, I forgot their two names, but there's like three of them that are his kind of like art, his like performance art collective, where he was doing the, the you know, the performance, the public performance art things that he was doing. They were kind of all curating it together and brainstorming it together. And like, they were invited to, to CalArts to just kind of have like, an, like to speak as artists. And um, the girl, I was at Marta, uh, who actually initiated it was like in my screenwriting class. And I remember because I brought it up and she was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm the one that invited them, blah, blah. I don't know. I just thought it'd be interesting and cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, freaking awesome. Like, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I think that will be super interesting and super cool. And like at the time when, you know, he came to campus and it's a small campus. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's like 1,400 kids total. You're kind of in this little bubble community on the hill up in Valencia, like half an hour north of L.A. And so it is like a pretty intimate, you know, little little place and so it, it was a big deal you know knowing that that he was there like we all knew like oh shit like child bus coming this night and at the time you know i was in a production of midsummer night's dream and we were rehearsing and i just had like little small roles like who gives a fuck fucking aegeus and fucking peas blossom one of the fairies but i did it as a troll which i'm proud of because i had fun uh you know being a, fu a fucking troll fairy because i'm a fucking big dude you know um but um, it was so like it was fucking bullshit. It was fucking bullshit because the fucking stage manager and like I don't know who orchestrated it, but there was like a rule like okay, there was like a rule like okay, we know Shia LaBeouf is gonna be on campus. You guys can't go. You have to stay at rehearsal. And I like I'm sitting there like okay, I'm I sit there doing nothing for hours every night, and you're gonna tell me I can't go to the Shia LaBeouf artist talk. I was like, mm, mm. everything inside me strongly protested because I really wanted to see. I just wanted to, to, to just hear what the discussion was going to be about. And I think it was a run through that night and I knew I wasn't going to be needed for a long time because it was a stumble through or, or tech or I don't know what it was, but I knew I was not going to be fucking needed. So what I did is mm, without saying anything, I slipped out of the rehearsal room anyway. I slipped out of the motherfucking rehearsal room 
anyway because I'm a motherfucking gangster. I'm a motherfucking gangster, you know? What's up? What's up? Um, <laughs> but it was just crazy because I remember I went to the room where they were having the artist talk and it was just fucking like dark. Like it looked like a performance because they had these kind of like stage lights um, aimed at Shia and the two people. And I think there was a moderator and then the room was fucking packed. It was like jam packed, fucking dark. You know, people were fucking standing on chairs, standing on boxes. Um, some people were even standing like b behind us, like out in the hall and shit. And it was just the air was charged with this energy that I can't even describe. Like, I've never felt it before that moment. I haven't felt it since. It was just like, it wasn't, I mean, there was tension, but also excitement. And, you know, there was a, a grandiosity to the moment that was palpable, you know, like it was just like, I feel like everybody there was kind of like on the edge of their seats, like what's going to be said, what's going to happen. Like fame is such a weird thing in that way. Like it does have such a power to know that somebody is so visible. They're so known. Their work is, you know, ha has been consumed by so many and, and has shaped people's, you know, minds and has shaped the culture and, and, and has shaped, you know, so much. Yeah, like it was like a, it was a trip being there. And like the first thing I remember them discussing was, you know, he had that thing, like, I forgot what he called it, but he had, like, the brown paper bag on his head, and he was just sitting in, like, an art gallery, and you could fucking get in line, and people would just fucking sit with him, and you could do whatever you want, like, you could hold his hand, you could watch stuff with him, you know, you could, you really were just free to, you could, you could hit him, if, I think, if you wanted, like, it was really just free range to see, you know, whatever the person wanted to do in that moment and somebody i think had brought up marina abramovich who's famous for her thing what is it called the artist is present which is basically she sat in the moma and she was just in a chair and people would just sit across from her and they just would make eye contact and it was so emotional like people were brought to tears like and it's a a statement on the body as uh you know art being you know through that uh, fucking vehicle I don't think vehicle is the right word but through the through the lens of the body and just the, the need for contact that we have as human beings and um oh man it was and so, so so somebody asked them I was like oh yeah like blah 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 was it inspired by this or reference to that or how did you see the work in, re in relation to that and then like Shia just like straight up was like oh I have no idea who that is like I don't know I don't know what that that art is and the person was just so like you don't know Marina Abramovich you don't know what what she did how could you how could you even dare to to do something like what you did without even understanding the context with which you were doing this art and it's just like it is crazy how fucking pretentious you know people can get in art school it's like who gives a fuck people fucking have the same ideas all the time and like, you know, just because you didn't research, oh, it was anything like this ever done before, suddenly you're a, a piece of shit because you didn't bother. Like, you could tell he's a simple guy. He just, he it probably just came to him or one of the collaborators, they wanted to do it, you know? And it, I remember, like, I read some weird shit from that too because he was saying, like, he was, like, raped during it. And it's like, okay, bro, like, you're in an art museum. Like, yeah, like, okay, you're committed to the performance and to just being there and letting people do whatever you want. But if somebody is like touching your genitals and you don't want it to happen you you know you can just break it and say okay no like that's um that's off limits 
Like we're not gonna allow that unless you made the predetermination beforehand that you're like, okay, if somebody engages in sexual contact with me, I'm just gonna let it happen. In which case, bro, like you didn't get raped. Like, I don't know. That was just always so weird to me that he said he got raped and then his girlfriend was in the line to spend time with him. And then it had gotten back to her in the line by the time she got to him. So it was weird and there was tension there. And I'm just like, okay, that's that's too much for me, Shia. That's absolutely too. <laughs> um, man, but I just remember like too, like when 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 that artist was was getting so pretentious with him, Shia just goes, okay, okay, okay. Can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? Is there anything I could do that would please your refined artistic sensibilities or like something like that? He said, so, like fucking called this motherfucker out, and the room erupted. Oh, it was so funny. We we're all like, oh, oh. <laughs> like oh shit shia oh shit shia oh man that was fucking ah oh, that was such a fucking great moment and i that happened and i was like oh man i'm happy to be here like this is gonna be a cool talk this is gonna be a cool a cool night for sure and i mean you know he talked about a lot of stuff you know, people were just asking questions and he would just kind of riff on stuff. And, you know, he was talking about like, you know, how acting, no matter what level you're doing it at, what, you know, how prestigious the director, to a certain extent, you are surrendering, surrendering to, you know, someone else's vision. You're surrendering your onus. You're surrendering your agency. And I think part of that is what led him to want to do his own stuff with, you know, the, the kind of performance art pieces because it was kind of all his. It was just him. And I guess his brainchild, but, you know, it, you're not, he didn't feel like he was, you know, sacrificing onus in the same way. And then I remember at some point I asked, I was like, okay, so if, if that's the way you feel about acting, why do you act then? Like what compels you to, to continue, you know, with all you've accomplished, with all you've done? And I just remember someone around me thought it was a good question. I heard like approval, like, mm, mm, and I was like, oh, nice. I had a good question. Yay me. <laughs> That's such a stupid fucking idea. Good questions and bad questions. Yo, man, a question is a motherfucking question. And people are like, oh, it's co That's something is common sense. It's common and not this acting question. But like when people think, oh, it's a stupid question because it's common sense. What if you're trying to be uncommon, bro? Common sense is common to common people, bro. But if you're uncommon, you ain't gonna have common sense all the time. Anyway, what Shia said was, he was like, you know, I'm just somebody, I just have access. I just have access to myself and to deep emotions, deep memories, deep things. And I just don't know what else to do with it. Like, I'm not good at anything else. I can't really, you know, he doesn't really have any other skills or any other ways to, to channel that rawness into something productive, into something healing. And so he acts and I was like, you know what? I fucking, I, I fucking love that idea. And he, and he talked a lot about masculinity and you know, I, I didn't get it so much that, I mean, no, like, or I guess I didn't think of it, um, too, too, as too relevant to my life. I didn't really see the importance. Like, oh, what does it mean to be a man? Like, you know, that, that question wasn't even something I really cared about. I just kind of was existing and I like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm chilling. But he was really, really deep in the throes of, you know, what is 
actual masculinity because he felt like in Western culture and in Hollywood and in his own life, there's been this kind of, you know, perpetuation of, you know, like guns and fighting and buff dudes and violence. And he joked, he was like, you know, you do a few uh, Michael Bay films and it'll fuck you up. <laughs> you know, he's just like, and I just, I know, I, I don't think that's it. I don't think that is the masculinity. And, you know, he also talked about, you know, how he, he, he works out every day and it comes out from a place of insecurity because he doesn't know what it means to be a man. And, and if he doesn't have the muscles and the strength, like he just feels, I think, just kind of weak and, and helpless. And he, he told me like, like after like the big talk, he was like, like, I couldn't get to the gym today. So I ran like four miles or something or six miles. I don't know. He like ran a bunch. You know, like he's always just like trying to go for for that physical fitness, um, you know, out of a place of insecurity. And like, and I think part of that too, you know, if I remember correctly, because I think he mentioned this and I think I'm right because there's a trailer for this new movie coming out, um, Honey Boy, where he plays his dad and there's like a little version of him. And then I think Lucas Hedges playing like, you know, the, the like the teenage version of him. But the way he plays his dad in the trailer is very toxic masculinity. And I think he mentioned he was kind of racist, homophobic. And it just kind of made Shia want to go the other way, you know, just having a father who was very much like that. And oh my God, I just found this website like last week, two weeks ago, like the art of masculinity. And there's a dude who spent years just researching what, what it's meant to be a man, like throughout the centuries in, in different cultures. And, you know, is kind of, you know, thrown together to his best understanding what he thinks the best way forward in, in modern times is with like, you know, heaps and heaps of writing on that website. I wish I had known about it. Then I would have told Shia, like, I really think that there's stuff on here that's going to help you on that journey. Because I think for the most part today, in my experience, like, you know, men really aren't, aren't taught to be men in like, in the way that you know, I now believe could be ideal. And that's a really complicated subject to go into. I'll definitely like do a podcast just about that because it's so, it's so rich and nuanced and deep and, and it deserves that time. And this is shy at a time right now. This is, um, praise God time, you know? <laughs> and it was so funny too, because like around that time we had just had like the yearly t-shirt show at CalArts. And what that is, it's like the graphic designers just design t-shirts that I think are like funny or witty or clever or whatever, but pertinent to CalArts in a way, and they just sell them at like a fair, and somebody had done a shirt that year where it was like a mock-up of a CalArts ID, and it had Shia LaBeouf on it, and you know, it, his like birthday and you know, a fake ID number and stuff, just because he was, he was supposed to be a uh, a student, and I remember like somebody like brought the shirt up to him afterward and just showed him and like it was just fucking it, it was such a strange moment like he just kind of looked at it like he's like oh oh that's crazy yeah that's and i think he was like amused by it but i'm, I'm sure he also like found it weird because like like it it is a joke but like on also on another level i feel like a lot of us wanted him to be a student there because we thought it would be cool and it's a weird thing that the joke of the shirt can only exist because of the fame that he has that alienates him to the rest of us but that you know based on like his all of his performance art and, and the stuff he was talking about that's exactly the thing he's been working so hard to fight against and to overcome 
just trying to, you know, reclaim his image in a way that that is, you know, more authentic and less manufactured. And here we are presenting him with a T-shirt where he, you know, it's a manufactured image on an ID, on a shirt of him. And I hope someone gave him a free shirt. <laughs> I'd wear that shirt if I was him. And being me, I actually, I do have a copy of that shirt. I do wear that shirt. You know what, I should, since I'm recording this on camera, I should just show it. Oh, look, I'm almost running out of whatever. Oh, there. You know what, I actually think the shirt is uh, is is in the wash right now. Of all the times for it to be in the wash, you know, but whatever. But whatever. <laughs> but afterwards, though, like, there was, like, a line of people... You know, and like the people were just like they were saying stuff to him, and like sometimes, you know, they they were like saying like like oh I, I this is what I want to say to you, or like they were asking him a question. Sometimes they wanted to show him something they had done. They wanted to give him some kind of gift. You know, some people took pictures. You know, I don't I didn't, I kind of ask stuff, but I didn't I didn't really. I mean, I guess I was in the line initially, but I was just kind of hanging around. And I fought the urge to ask for a picture because as much as like, especially back then, I was the kind of person who would ask a celebrity for a picture. And, uh, you know, depending on, and honestly, you know, depending on who I ran into today, I might still ask for a picture. I wouldn't ask everybody for a picture, but there's certain people where I'm like, oh, fuck, like I want to get a picture with this person. But I don't know, just something about Shia, like just the fact that he was striving so hard for that authenticity for that reality for that you know honesty it just felt like too hypocritical to ask for a picture and it just felt like like the worst thing I could possibly do even though he was so chill about the people who wanted pictures he was like you know like yeah like I don't care like sure like I'll take a I'll take a picture it was no big deal you know what I mean but me I was just kind of I was just kind of hanging around and just kind of listening to what everyone was saying to him and I would kind of chime in now and then and maybe ask him something. Like, I just kind of wanted to be around just because he is such a, like, fascinating person to me. Like, I like I feel like if there wasn't, like, the whole fame thing, he and I would be good friends because I think we are interested. I think there is a certain Venn diagram where we are interested in in similar things in terms of, like, you know, just digging deeper into into things that do feel more significant than I think uh, what our what our day-to-day lives can so easily be preoccupied with that, um, you know, upon further introspection can really ring hollow. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to stick around like in the, in the event that he did end up saying something really profound because I just feel like with the, the sensitive actor that he is, the ideas that he explores, the things he's in pursuit of, I just was really thinking that maybe he would say something to somebody and if I heard it, it would make me think differently about acting or celebrity or, you know, or life or, you know, maybe all of the above. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, I definitely think he did say things that, that made me think differently about all those things. And a masculinity, you know, thrown into the bunch. <laughs> like it was just a trip, you know, and he was talking about, we were, I was talking to him about actors and just acting. And now, you know, and he was talking about how Joaquin Phoenix is the is the best. And that was so cool because like Joaquin Phoenix is my favorite actor, too. And, you know, when an actor has the same favorite actor as you or just anybody, when somebody has the same favorite actor as you, like there is an understanding there because you you know that you look for similar things in performance, like you value similar things. 
And even me, I don't know why I was being kind of shy and I kind of downplayed how much I loved Joaquin Phoenix, where I was like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's he's definitely, I was like, oh, yeah, he's one of the best or he's up there or, or something. I said some shit like that, where he's like, oh, yeah, he's among the elites. And then Shia, like, comes back at me. He was like, he's like, no, 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 he's the best. He's the best actor. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, he really feels strongly about Joaquin. But of course, like, I, but I do completely agree you know and shy was geeking out over this moment in, in the master you know where where um where joaquin phoenix is like jumping up and down you know just kind of losing his mind in front of philip seymour hoffman and philip seymour hoffman is looking at him like what the fuck like wh what the fuck is this guy doing and shy was like and and philip seymour hoffman really was looking at him like what the fuck is happening because joaquin phoenix really was doing that weird shit because it was improvised you know he wasn't expecting that and it just like fits so well with his character and it was such a like they're just oh man what a great performance in the master you know just like the fact that he was letting all those wacky things come out and like just a real quick detour oh my gosh the news coming out about the joker movie and the freaking what is it eight minute standing ovation it got people are saying it's a masterpiece it's like taxi driver with the joker the best work joaquin phoenix has done and i love him in so many things i'm stoked to see the joker movie I'm really stoked to see the Joker movie. But I mean, me and Shia, you know, we're just talking about how, you know, he, he really feels like there are so many actors that they do have, you know, a strong technique, an adequate technique. It gets the job done, but there's not really that, that realness there, that truth and that sensitivity that, you know, he personally likes to watch. And I feel like for me too, like I, when somebody has that, that's when I'm really like, ooh, like that's, it feels like they're really experiencing, uh, you know, a lot. And, and I think what I love so much about it is it, it, you feel like you're really seeing something so deep that you're not supposed to see. Like, that's the coolest stuff to me. I'm like, ooh. And then I also just thought I'd mention Tom Hardy, you know, because I mean, I, I do like Tom Hardy's work. You know what I mean? And, um, and I like, obviously, I loved Lawless so much. And I was like, oh, yeah, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's great, huh? And then Shy, like surprised me where like he kind of hesitated and he was like ah oh, like mm, not nah, like he's he's another one you know and i was just kind of mm, and he you know he, he was kind of like yeah like his his technique is there but i mean he's not and i think he was just kind of implying that he feels like tom hardy doesn't really bring that realness you know in, in the way that you know in, in the way that joaquin does you know, and, you know, I was just wondering, like, I mean, it was just, it was just interesting to, to see what he did think of other actors and people he's worked with and been on set with. And there was a rumor, too, that he punched Tom Hardy in the face on the set of Lawless. And I was like, whoa, how, what a trip if that's real where, you know, Tom Hardy, but I've read about Tom Hardy like that. It was like an old Esquire thing where he, you know, I think also feels really insecure and he used to feel very, very insecure in gyms around like muscle bros and very like, oh, like testosterone because he felt like he didn't understand it and, and it was so contrary to who he is. But he just, you know, feels like he's good at portraying those kinds of guys and playing those kinds of guys on screen, even though he isn't one. And so it fucking would be so hilarious to me if he was like a sissy on the set of Lawless and Shia LaBeouf was so real and like, fuck you. And like, <laughs> obviously I can just speculate, you know, how fuck I should have fucking asked for stories on set of Lawless. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, like who else, like, you know, who, who else do you really, do you really fuck with, you know? And he was like, oh, Paul Dano, you know, Paul Dano is, is another great one and you know, and then we kind of, then somebody kind of came in and, and, and said something before he got to go on too much more, you know, but 
you know, at, at another point too, he, like, you know, I, w- I was letting him know about like, you know, oh, like if he had come to CalArts, the second year is like purely Shakespeare, you know, that's like all you do. And then he was just kind of like, mm, yeah, like Shakespeare, you know, and he was telling me that he was, he's afraid of Shakespeare because he's never understood it and he, and he still doesn't understand it. You know, it's just like something that like feels inaccessible to him and he's tried to read it and he couldn't get into it. And he brought up like, you know, Charles Bukowski. He's like, I read Charles Bukowski. That makes sense to me. You know, it's American. It's simple. It's straightforward. It's emotions and, and it kind of communication in a way that's intelligible where Shakespeare wasn't. And I was just kind of like, I don't know, man. There was something about him saying that where I wasn't surprised. But at the same time, I was like, damn, like, look at this, like, A-list, you know, like, actor that like he's i mean i i would say i think he's an icon you know like a lot of us have seen his stuff we know who he is and just the fact that he was really feeling like oh you know this is seems beyond my realm was just in a way it did make me feel like a little like oh cool like you know there's there's this thing that you know i think I, i can do decently in and i can make progress in where Shio, you know, with all his accolades and acclaim and, and achievement, um, you know, feels kind of uh, currently excluded from it. Which at the end of the day, of course, he's still rich, he's still famous. But I mean, it was it was interesting, you know. Oh man, that'd actually be so fun, like to like hypothetically just like work on a Shakespeare scene with Shia, and just like work on him like trying to get into it and access it. <laughs> and I was also so curious about like why he ended up not going to Cal Arts because we had heard so many rumors like we had heard like oh like he just didn't want to go we heard like the teachers didn't want him there because they thought he would be a distraction to other students we heard that they didn't want him there because they thought that like other people from outside campus would you know try to get on or, or do weird things that would interfere with our training and um yeah I don't know it was it was weird you know that there was just so much there was so much being talked about that, but none of us really had any concrete answers. So I figured I would just ask him, you know, why why he wasn't at CalArts because, you know, it, it seemed to me like it was still something he really wanted to do and just, you know, have that journey, whatever that journey is. And he, he I think he mentioned like when he was younger, because like, like CalArts has a summer program for younger kids. I think it's high schoolers, but maybe even younger and I think he had done ballet there and like maybe some other art classes too when he was growing up. And he had just always thought of it as this place that, you know, he would like to go to. And I think he felt like he had missed out on that experience, you know, of like whatever you'd call it. And, you know, maybe it was, you know, him just trying to, you know, figure himself out on his own terms, you know, w- without any pressure of this outcome or making money or, you know, the studios and, or maybe he just wanted a chance to explore more of himself and go on this kind of inward journey and see more of what he was about. Or maybe he just wanted to, to see what the structure was like and the training was like to, you know, inform all those incredible things that like through intuition and experience he's gained through, you know, a, a lifetime being on some of the biggest sets in the world. Man, no, I'm... Honestly, I still hope he has that experience somewhere, sometime. Oh, man, I'm sure he'd love it, you know, just getting the chance to do that. But, I mean, but I, I wish I had the experience he got to have, though, in some of these amazing movies he's, he's been doing, you know? But at the end of the day, though, he told me, he was like, oh, it's because my grades were shit and my, my transcripts were shit and, and they didn't let me in. And I was like, what? 
like I don't know I had a hard time believing that I was like really like this art school like because they they let in some motherfuckers that you know mm, questionable and so I was like really like our transcripts are are what's gonna stop fucking Shia LaBeouf from coming here and I was thinking maybe if anything it was just like a bullshit excuse that like you know for for to cover up other reasons like I really have no idea I mean I'm but I guess I mean I'll choose to you know believe him or I, I mean at the very least I guess he believes that that it really was because of uh you know because of his grades <laughs> but um I don't know come on you know it's Shia motherfucking LaBeouf it's praise God for the beef baby Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? Come on. Lewis from Even Stevens? Just because he got some D's and F's, you're not going to let him train? Mm. Mm. But you're going to let this motherfucker from fucking, you know, insert country here who can't act his goddamn way out of a paper bag and just does fucking drugs and does shitty things all day into the program? All right. Whatever you insist. <laughs> But probably, like, my favorite thing about, you know, him coming over and doing the talk is, you know, he just kind of, you know, it felt like the overall theme, like, the kind of, you know, ending message he gave was, like, he really is just all about, like, being with people in the here and now and just being vulnerable and having nothing fake, nothing exterior, nothing in the way. Like, this is it. You know, he's like, me and you this is it right now, this is us, and I feel like it's in a way that's similar to what Jim Carrey was talking about a few years ago, and I think he still tries to employ, you know, in his daily life, but I've just how, like, all of these things that have been contrived by society about fame, about Hollywood, about all these things, why I'm different from you, and you should think this of me, like, how do we just cut through all of that stuff and just go straight to Hey, we're right here right now. And I think that and that's what he's like kind of striving for, that oneness, you know, that oneness um, through his work, through his, you know, the performance art, through the movies and through doing stuff like this. He's like kind of coming to meet us. He even admitted that he was like scared shitless to do the talk because he felt like he wasn't educated. He wasn't like a quote unquote artist, you know, and, and he just didn't know what he was walking into what people were going to expect, what people were going to say. And look, his fears were validated by that person, you know, grilling him about the Marina Abramovich thing early on. But it was, I don't know, it, it was humbling to see to see him just the way he felt being on that campus, you know? Because it's like to a lot of us, like in a way, you know, he was and or is, you know, can be seen as kind of like almost like a God figure to, to certain people. But, uh, you know, but in other ways you know, on that night, he was just kind of feeling almost like a, like a scared little boy, but he pushed ahead anyway, you know, because he thought it'd be a cool experience. He thought it'd be interesting. You know, he just wanted to see what would happen, but it was so cool that he was that transparent, like just sitting up there. He's like, oh yeah, I'm so nervous right now. I'm terrified sitting up here. I was like, whoa, man, like you acted with Harrison Ford and <laughs> you're terrified sitting in front of us. You know what I mean? It was Oh, man, it was so interesting. And then, you know, after all that, after all those experiences with Shia, you know, I um, I went back to rehearsal and the stage manager was like, Jimmy, where were you? Uh, you know, because I was gone for like, what, like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I just go, oh, um, I, um, I was taking a nap in my car because I'm tired. 
And the stage manager was like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> How fucking ridiculous is that? You can't be fucking gone for that long if you're going to go see Shia. But if you're just fucking dicking off in your car, it's fine. Ugh. And then I got back and I still like, maybe like it was still like another 10 minutes before they needed me. I was like, I knew it. I knew I had time. It was perfect. And I felt like a gangster, you know, having pulled that off. And just like, bam, bam, bam. And then I uh, finished the rehearsal. And, you know, I, I thought about the stuff Shia said and just like the, the experience of him talking for a long time after that. And obviously I still think about those things because I'm sitting here doing this goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh my God, is that like three years ago now, huh? That's what, like about three years ago. But I don't know, yeah, it was just really a real enlightening experience, you know? I think it's cool to just be open to, you know, meeting people and seeing how people feel and seeing how people think. You never know, man. You never know when hearing something or feeling something or seeing something is just really going to stick with you and stay with you and just kind of hit you by surprise. And you're going to be holding on to it down the road, you know? And definitely that's like, that's what a, a lot of things that night did. You know, maybe down the road, you know, we'll, we'll end up working together on something. I don't know. But uh, until then, you know, I, I hope you, uh, I hope you've enjoyed my little story. I hope you've enjoyed my little anecdotes and my little explorations and maybe your curiosity has peaked. And now you want to look into how you can be more real and truthful and present. And also what is masculinity if you're a man. <laughs> but uh, hey, go Shia, huh? We'll keep on supporting that Shia and we're going to keep on shitting the beef out and God blessing the beef. And, uh, you know, I'm greatly looking forward to these next projects and also just catching up on also just catching up on some of the older projects that I haven't seen yet. There's definitely a lot of those. But, hey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast tonight. Um, and I'd love to see you give a five star rating. And if you, you know, if you're if you're enjoying this stuff I'm talking about, please leave me a review. Let me know how you're feeling. And if you want to leave a bad review, if you want to leave left, 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 less than five stars, you know what you can do. You know, you absolutely know what you can do. Take your four, three, two, one star review, shove it up your ass, get the fuck out of my sight. You know, we don't want to see that. <laughs> we don't want to see that here. But, um, you know, if you, if you're not wanting to do that, thank you. God love you on Instagram and YouTube. I'm not funny, funny guy. Like on Twitter, I'm NT funny, funny guy. And, uh, hopefully I'll get some stuff up on, on YouTube soon, huh? I've just been so busy just working and just like trying to write and, and podcast. I haven't been in like putting videos up and I think it's partially fear too. I'll be honest. I'm letting that fear stifle me, but I just got to grow. I got to fail fast. I got to fail fast. I got to learn. I got to implement those lessons to get better and better and stop being such a little bitch. All right. Thanks for being here. Peace out. Have a great night. It's fucking 102 in the morning, Saturday morning. I'm going to hit the hay because I got personal training in the morning. About to start a five-week challenge. My body is about to be transformed. See you on the flip side of that. Have a great uh, day, night, commute, workout, wherever you are. Um, uh, I love you for listening. Toodaloo, motherfucker.